Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired edutainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Yo, my people, you're listening to episode number 15 of Talk Truth. And this is your boy, Maria Evana. You know, when I tarot, we get straight into it. I'm going to read the truth bombs at the end of the episode. And those will be the responses you gave to the Instagram story on whether you've had sex in a public place. And if so, where? But um, you're going to have to stay till the end to hear that. But right now, we're going to go into episode number 15. All right, welcome to our next episode of Talk Truth. And guess what? I've brought back one of your favorite guests, and that is none other than Wendell Guthrie. But today we're not talking about medicine. Given that it was just our emancipence season, we are going to talk about old-time Jamaica. And he was born before independence. So he's going to give us a little perspective on life before independence, what happened at independence, and how we've evolved. Um, welcome back to the show. Yes, good to be here with you. Yeah, man. Um, well, you don't mind talking about age, right? <laughs> Not at this age, right? Not at this age. <laughs> only I get the more you talk about it. All right. So you, well, I'll tell them your age. You're, You're glad to be here. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, you were born in 1942. Yes. And we became independent in what year? 1962. 1962. So, so yeah, 10, 10 years. 20. So, right, that would be 20. Thanks. I was 19 plus nearly 20. All right. So tell me a little bit about Jamaica pre, pre-independence pre and, and your childhood and kind of what it felt like growing up. So and much so much things to say. I mean, there are two sides of pre-independence for me, growing up in rural Jamaica and then coming to um, the urban area. In rural Jamaica, primary school, from primary school to... Um, the regular village life, you know, meaning no amenities like electricity, water. No, you have to carry your water yourself. Right. You bathe in a little tub, and if you want warm water, you heat it in the in the sun in the afternoon. You heat it in the sun. You never, uh, eat, yes. you never had a kettle. You could, you could put kettle, but you'd have to put it on a on a cold stove. Not not cold. You put you make wood fire with three stones. And put a pot on it, but it would be easier to have. It wasn't plastic. It you yeah, used to have a big tin tub, and you put it out with water in the day, and it got warm. And you get your warm water to bed. But, but you don't waste a lot of water. You take about a basin full and and soap up your rug, soap all over, and you just splash off, and that's it. But it's not like now mm. where people want to have piping hot water, so sun hot well, water would be warm. Yes, and but, it, but it would be warm, because even when you have piping hot water now, usually dilute it so much that it become warm. So you, you really waste a lot of time boiling it, because you cannot use it hot. <laughs> right, guys, too hot it's anyway. too hot and it will damage you. Just to give a little more context, where exactly in rural Jamaica were, were you from? Or are you from? A little district in Westmoreland called Moreland Hill, which is about 
on a tangent of from 10 miles from Savlamar, 12 miles from Negril. We're in the western part of Jamaica, right. sugarcane belt. And again, to create more context, um, mm. pre-independence, we were colonized by the British, right? Oh, yes. So what type of currency were we using? Um, Pounds, shillings, and pence, and um, in brief, you, we had all sorts of small units, like tropence, sixpence, shilling, and then the pound was a bigger unit, like what the dollar is. It wasn't until seven years after independence, in 1969, that we got our Jamaican dollar, which at that time, we needed two dollars to make one pound. So we were, or two dollars, two Jamaican dollars? Yes. To make one pound. To so make we had one a pound. pretty strong um, currency coming into independence. Yes, now it's about 170. Wow, so that's one of the big changes. So, mm. so Chopin's, how you spell that now? Three pence it is. Three but pence, but we, we, we patois it and it become, <laughs> well, that's why a lot of the slang I would have grown into mm-hmm. a Jamaican currency. So that was some of the stuff that I would have heard and yes. I wonder what, but it's really three, they, three pence. And they have, you have small amount like quarter for penny, which is a farthing, and then you have six pence. Well, that is six pennies. You have trapans, which is three and those are sort of some of the units. So things are so cheap that you could get things to buy for farding or three pence and those are the small units. Mm. Um, so what was it like in terms of society? So did you have the effects of a, of a kind of, you know, British rule? So you, people had accents still? You still had, a, you had people with British accents or people always had their Jamaican accents? What no, it felt like? people had their Jamaican accent, but there are many persons, especially teachers and all, that tried to emulate the British and try to have British accent. Right. And in the, in the government, we had what we call a chief minister rather than a prime minister, which we have now, right? But the chief and minister would report to who? And it the chief minister, just like the same, is reported to the governor general. Right. And so we had British governors general back then, the last one being Kenneth Blackburn, when we got independence, before we started having our own native governor general. And um, we had what, rather than MP, we used to have what we call MHR, member of the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. And these are the persons. When we go into school, we had to know all of the all of them by heart, and in a subject called civics. Right. right? So civics was a thing that civics was composed that we at, never had in my time. No, at school, and we we knew all that sort of stuff. Just recited off minister of this and minister of that, and you call the names, and at school you're called upon to know these things. And what about things like fashion? I mean, we we had our own sense of fashion and we were still quite British in terms of how we dressed. To a certain extent, I remember seeing people leaving to go away to take boats and they wore um, suits and gloves. But well, we still dressing up to go <laughs> airport. Let's so know about that, that, that thing that has spilled out. Yes, uh, that sort of stuff. Suits and gloves and, and even hats? And hats, yes. And ladies had hats and bags a lot of time. And they got to the stage where had crinoline, which was those big broad skirts. Right. right. And then, then that 
it revolutionized and then the young people got into things like miniskirts and so on. Right, and started to get a mm. more hip. But was that pre-independence or that was post-independence? Maybe about pre-independence coming into early independence. But in terms of accessibility of stuff, I mean, even when I was growing up, I recall waiting like maybe two weeks to four weeks to see a feature film on TV. And, um, you know, new new songs would come out in formats that weren't as immediate as, as digital. What was access to international entertainment and things like in, in that, in that in, era? In my time, most of the international entertainment used to hear a lot of stuff on radio uh, as a matter of fact radio out of Miami and if you had radio right because it was so, primarily yes, radio at that time right? and chiefly a lot of rock and roll and with groups like Chubby Check and Drifters and going further back coasters and people like those Jewels. what, what era then, was Elvis and Elvis actually Today, you know, it's yeah. 42 years since Elvis died, and Elvis died 42 years ago. So oh, he so would have been, been 84, 84 now. Mm-hmm. Um, alive. So it, it was it was pre-independence and post-independence, mm-hmm. you know. And so, um, as you say, then we start to emulate rock and roll a lot. So if you notice our, lot, our early singers, um, a lot of us sing as the Prince Busters and all of these guys and the groups, techniques and these groups that tried to sing like the American. Um, outside of the R&B influence, so, there was yes. some, some kind of straight yes, rock, rock influence too. Rock influence, but we had a lot of local Calypsonians too, who their main thing was like social commentary and what is happening in the day, right? And so... Even growing up in the country, I remember one Calypso about um, women trying to get money to get the England fair, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And that was related to just after the Winrush generation. And that was out of Calypso that you couldn't sing. Well, my father would be really draping you up because some of the things that women had, well, it was alleged that they did to get in there. England fair. Right. Were I mean, inappropriate. Was inappropriate for like a Christian fellow like me. But that was nothing compared to what we hear on the radio now, right? Oh, no. But <laughs> it has always been there. It's just that, as I said, maybe a little more subtle, but there was always suggestive lyrics from way back. But, you know? but given that reggae kind of was more in the 1960s coming up, in mm-hmm. the 1940s and 50s, were you really just hearing a lot of international music? What was playing? And the Calypsonians, in, what else was playing locally? I wouldn't be able to tell you much about the 40s. Because you were young. But mm-hmm. 50s going to primary school, Calypso and um, people like Fats Domino and that sort of stuff. Those were the thing that, um, the mu- that's the sort of music I heard. That's kind of interesting, yeah. And mm-hmm. also the local Calypso and the guys, they were all lords and it, Lord Flea and Lord this until you had Lord Create and all of those. And these were Jamaican artists? Yeah, Jamaican mm-hmm. artists. But some came out of Trinidad, you know. Mm-hmm. A few of our early Calypsonians, they came from Trinidad. But we had our good set too. Chiefly mental music, but it was always... Social comment, commentary. Commentary, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say you would do for entertainment as a child in the country, kind of growing up? How you would keep yourself entertained? Well, you you, you play gig and marble and, and 
a lot of stuff that you make and if you were lucky as you get a little older you could go to dance and but before dance the main thing was what you had they call garden party where you go to the big play field and have a day of donkey ride and Oh, and all the stuff. So like down in Delvland now, like a garden party would happen out on the big field. Well, open out field. on the big open field. And you pay and people dress up donkey and you pay for a ride. And so you would pay uh, for a ride or it was all inclusive? No, man, you don't pay to go in. <laughs> but you can pay a penny or whatever it was. And do whatever and, you want to. And then they carry you around on this maybe blindfolded pretty, pretty donkey. Donkey right. dressed up. Mm-hmm. Donkey, right? Donkeys adorned with some colorful right. things. And yes, it. including parts of plants like pancetta. Right, right. I've seen mm-hmm. this before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those are some other things. But other than that, sports in that, like me, play cricket for for primary school. Mm-hmm. Um, what was our track and field was like a game named Chevy Chase. You go out and run down one another and... As like how they run in baseball. So if you catch you before you reach home, you are out. Right. You know, you are supposed to get back to the base. And what would you say your your rule structure was like in your household? What were you allowed to do? Like you could get you could go out later and come back home or you would have to be back in by a certain time. What was the kind of structure me, for you? Me specifically. Go church morning, noon and night. <laughs> every and single do, day. Every day. And what made it worse? But we were Anglicans when I was little, little. And then both my mother, father, myself, three of us, we used to go to Anglican church. And my mother became Seventh-day Adventist, but my father didn't. And so I had to go to church Saturday and Sunday until my father got pulled into Seventh-day Adventist by my mother. Right. And so... Now it maybe got even worse because a Friday night straight till Sunday, lockdown, church and church activities, no cooking and Saturday and all that sort of thing. So for me, there was not much so you entertainment. So you never get a little break between so Sabbath and at sunset. So what happened between six? We, so we you do, had like a little break? We do, we do, we do things at church. Have concerts. Oh, right. So after, you have concert, concert in the evening after, even people, after Sabbath in. Even people stuff. So your life was consumed, consumed by church. Yes, yes, by religion. It is a jump down. You get a overdose religion when you're young. Like me, you read through the Bible about two times. I know you can't tell me anything that I don't know. So I'm not very <laughs> impressed with guys preaching a lot of things. Now, you've read it and because you've seen I've it heard it many times in many, before. In many different forms. Mm-hmm. I remember when we had traveled to, I believe it was Grenada. And Grenada was one of those islands that still had places closed, closed on a Sunday. Sunday yes. you, Jamaica would have been like that back in that oh, time. Yes, yes. So Jamaica you wouldn't have supermarkets open on Sunday. Well, we didn't have supermarkets, but we had shops. Yeah, shop, right. And shops and bars were closed most of the time on Sunday until there came a time when they would open in the afternoon. Right. Mm. You feel like that was kind of like an Americanization or even maybe... No, that was British. Because was British. even now... The pub. Even now when you're in, in England, even yeah. when I went to England, yeah. especially when you go outside of London, the pubs close on Sundays till way up in the afternoon. The bars also, they're off license, which, you know, those are the places in England that sell liquor and other things. And so they don't till later. And now I think they start doing it at a different level, but it was really coming straight from the British. 
And and the reason we have so many bars in districts comes from kind of that pub life. You think oh, it was it was directly oh yes. related? Oh yes. yes, same thing. I mean, when you go to the UK, well, you have been to UK, mm-hmm. but when I remember when I got to UK, the pub, what happened in the pub? Same thing that happened in our bar. As a matter of fact, they do more pub life than we do. We tend to drink in the bar. They play a pool. They play. They, they do darts, they play bingo, right. everything at my pub. And gamble with it too, because everybody not playing for nothing, they bet. All right, I wanted to give me, um, a paint a picture of infrastructure for me, and then we can move to, to independence. But you're in rural Jamaica, mm-hmm. so what was what were the roads like? What were the houses like? They, they're not much better now, but they're getting better. The but, roads, that is. But f- starting with Westmoreland. Westmoreland is a parish that has a lot of small wooden houses. Yes. And they were nice and clean and still have a lot of small too. And sometimes they're on concrete blocks. And they're on stones, they're on blocks and they can still and, still and people are comfortable. It is not uncommon even now to go to Westmoreland and people are moving. The house, entire house. The entire house. I remember we saw that once. I've only yes. seen it maybe twice in my life in exactly. Jamaica. Exactly. Moving it on a, on, a, enti- on a truck mm. or on a vehicle. Yes, yeah, so you lease, you lease a lot. And rather than get a new house, you move your house you and move put the on the house. lot. That's a so real moving house. You're in, the, you're in the lot and that is a real moving house. But that yeah. means that the the floor of the house, the base of the house, would have to be solid right across to, to move it, right? Yes, Or it you is. just move the structure itself? No, it is. You move the whole house. The whole the house, house have a nice wooden floor that is dyed and shined um, very smooth. You could look in it and like a mirror sometimes, so it's clean. So that means the structure and of the underneath would have to have cross boards to yeah, support good, the Yeah, good firm cross beams and so on. Mm-hmm. And... It is in order to get it up on top of a cat. Now they do it on a low bar, so it's easier. But what they usually do is have lumber in, in, and, and roll the house on top of the lumber. So the lumber right, rolling right. Like as, as, roll. as wheel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you get guys, usually church brothers and people of your own group, people work together cut cane and all that. They come together, you buy some rum, cook some good, and you, they don't work. They don't collect any money. You get a whole group of guys and then they sing, digging songs and push up the house. And, and your the payment car. is your alcohol and your food. Exactly. They just have a nice time and they do that in order to do things. But you're asking, the infrastructure was always bad. Pave road was uncommon. Now you see pave road, right? Right. So, that was always and you say no water, we no had no running water, running water so you had so rain water and collection. You collect water by in your jump or you go off your roof. And electricity. And because you use so little water, it served for quite a while because, mm-hmm. let's face it, you use two or three gallons of the day to cook and a little bit to bathe, if you bathe. <laughs> and you wouldn't boil water and to cook, you just use the water and the cooking process would, would heat the water or you would boil it before. Yes, you don't know. You're cooking, you use the water without, but, well, my mother, I mean, she was one of them people who was up on hygiene and all. She used to say, we need to boil the water right. to drink. Right. But when you're boiling it to cook, that will take care of that. Right. Interesting stuff. So, all right. So, fast forward to to independence now. Um, What was the energy like pre-independence? So, you know, you're having the discussions that we're going to, to become independent. What is the, the social response? What is the cultural response? First there? thing, there was a great... um anticipation and in order for us um the 
Manly who was in power, Father Manly, Norman Manly, right, Father no Manly. national hero, he decided to have a referendum whether there should be um, independence or not, like the Brexit, stay or leave. Right. And uh, so he called the independence and they, they called the referendum and uh, the Bustamante, he was on the other side and he was a winner. And uh, so the persons decided, well, that was not exactly true. It was more whether we should go um, for federation with Eastern Caribbean islands and most of one. So when we were supposed to become independent, Jamaica would be independent and going it alone rather than um, get into federation. What was so, the thinking though? Why not just stay um, colonized? Why, what was the thinking of, of the benefit of independence? Well, whether you wanted or not, you know, Britain was getting rid of all the Amazon. So if you look at all of the islands and even African countries like Ghana, Nigeria, Tanzania, uh, most of these countries and even Singapore, we got independence like within five, six years apart. Because they were scaling down. Because Britain was trying to get rid of us many of the dependents as possible. Truth be told, we were becoming more burdened than, <laughs> than helpful. Than helpful because right. we were at first a source of cheap labor and also a source of raw material. And raw material was getting scarce. You're about when sugar was king. And um subsequently um all of this um um happened that everybody start get their independence and so if you notice Jamaica, Trinidad, Barbados right, all had independence this, the same year. So in a in a you little know? way it's like you almost were forced to become independent or it would have happened anyway. It would have happened But anyway. I'm sure yes. there was some kind of national pride in terms of oh, us yes. running our own yeah, country. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. That was one of the things in that we control our own destiny. At least so they say. Even though we still have a governor general, but that's interesting. But I guess some things would, would remain and not be totally eradicated. Yes. Alright, so we have uh, so we become independent. So, I mean what is that transition like? Does it happen immediately? I was about <laughs> to tell you, I was I was at a tertiary institution at the mm -hmm. um, School of Agriculture mm -hmm. and in nineteen sixty three. Big celebration, everything. And um so it we became independent shortly before that. The stadium was built. It was used as the place where the big celebrations took place. A lot of marching on the street. It was like, oh, we have Grand, grand Gala now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, filled with expectation, we're going forward. So that was, that was what it was like. And, of course, if you go back, we had all sorts of songs about independence, um, including Calypso's and... Um, and uh, and these were just coming out of the era. It wasn't formalized like a JCDC festival competition. No, man, guys just come together and compose. And making music. And make music and compose. Mm -hmm. It was later on like you start out the festival celebration and the festival song. Right, which would have mm -hmm. developed down the line. Well, maybe a year after you start celebrate the first, second, third anniversary until you get to. 57. So the, the mm -hmm. currency initially would have been strong. So what was it looking, what, what kind of um, bills, what kind of notes we had in the initial no, we, we still had pounds all the way up to right, so seven had. years after. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then when we changed, um, it took two Jamaican dollars. That's where we started using dollar to make a pound. 
Right. Right. And even the first one looked exactly like the pound, the first paper monies. And we had a whole lot of little, little notes, 50 cents and all that, until they gradually phase them out. Because you know, paper money get damaged and twisted up after that. I would gather that soon after an independence day, the stability of the country would be similar to pre-independence. So in the initial part of the transition. <laughs> yes, yes. It, um, did, it, didn't, it didn't change at first, right? I mean, some countries managed to stay stable. You know, people are talking about Singapore, but Singapore is basically one party since independence. I mean, Jamaica, you have right, we'll go back struggled and forth. between back and forth, back and we've, forth. Yeah, we've That's a tough fact. Maybe it is our downfall. <laughs> right, the ping, ping pong, not the ping pong, but that the is my That is my opinion. A lot of people might think otherwise, but there are a lot of people like use the word democracy to, 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 to rationalize their way about certain things. But the, the, the truth is really that I guess the, the parties have never really approached it by trying to continue a lot of the things. They've always wanted to bring something new to the table each time. And I think with that... You can get a little bit of up and down, I guess. There is a, there's a thing that came up in the 70s and still around. One step forward and two step backward. <laughs> and then the next time maybe it's three step, two step forward and three step backward. Yeah, I even, Same proportion. I even heard a conversation on TV mm. this week about um, one party wants prosperity and the other <clears throat> party wants fairness. And <clears throat> the TV host said, so why we can't have prosperity have and both. fairness? <clears throat> And then the response was pretty much that, well, we aim to, to have an equal balance, but one is striving for more prosperity now and they want more fairness. Mm. So I guess with different self views, you're going to always have things changing drastically with each change of, of party leadership. Yes, but, but as you were saying though, so immediately after independence, when, when I came to Kingston to start what, work what in 1964, whole landscape was different. So we are people looking at downtown and say, downtown coming back. Downtown used to be vibrant. There used to be cruise ship coming in downtown. There used to be Myrtle Bank Hotel next door. You had Haas and Concord or it was you had one or two but not as a mode of transportation. Yeah that tram the main public the tram was before that. Oh that was um, before mm -hmm. yes but the main public transport was a Joyce in Kingston, which is Jamaica omnibus service. Mm -hmm. And then, and King Street was the life, you know, like a lot of places you go now, even on the Eastern Caribbean, whether it be Frederick Street or it is down in Phillipsburg or one of those places. The main street is where you have a lot of life. Lots of activity. So, mm -hmm. activity. So, even Victoria Pier was where you used to have Baron Lee playing like every Saturday evening. And we had a lot of live music. Yeah. So you have the Glass Bucket Club in Alfred Tree. You have the Sombrero in Mullines Road. Red Hills Road had a bunch of yeah, clubs. Yeah, Red Hills Road had a lot of clubs that came off, but not so much not live that, music. Mm, Tit and, and was around that era after. After mm. and stables. But out east now, you have like the Adastra and then you have all sorts of bands. You have um, other than Baron Lee, Lintit, um, and the Jets, you have um, a few of them. Because the live music was really popular, Scatellites and all that. And a lot of, um, I guess, reggae was going on, you know, I would mm, I mean Rocksteady. Yes, the Rocksteady, mm -hmm. Ska, Ska, Rocksteady, Reggae. Right. They, they gradually morph one into the other. Mm -hmm. And 
the next thing was movies. And right. we had movie theater just about everywhere. So out east, you have kings, you had queens. And East Green Street, you had Gate, you have Palace. What state there you? Downtown yet? State was in Crossroad, mm-hmm. Carib, Regal, in Vineyard Town. And that was, and it wasn't Carib 5, it was Carib. And it was had Carib. upstairs and a downstairs. Yes, yes, yes. And they had the Globe in Vineyard Town, Tropical, down, down on Slip Road and Out West. You had near to Tivoli. You had Queens and you had Majestic and you go up and you have in Trenchtown, you had Ambassador. So you had a movie theatre everywhere. Then came the drive-ins, which have a view drive-in, the boulevard drive-in. More and more people who could afford car drive, got to drive-in because they don't, you don't come out the car. Right. You sit down in a car and watch a movie. Well, I, li- yes. I like to say to people now that Kingston is really exciting because I feel like there are so many entertainment options. I mean, between dance hall, which you have a dance every night, you have mm. a carnival season, you have reggae sunfest, you have almost like a, a period in many parts of the year where something is going on. Mm. Y- it sounded like it was a lot like that back yes, then. Yes, it, it was always but a different form. Different you know? form. In that you had a lot of dance and what I told you we have a whole heap of live music of the clubs that I told you about, you know. So whether there were some or glass bucket, adastra, whatever. There you had bands playing and people used to go, you know, a lot of people used to go. And dance there and was there was much less violence. Right, I was gonna ask and you that so, next. So people take both still also at night and walk. Right. You know what so, was the violence like? Compared to now, small. And there, what kind of stuff, was, what kind of offences there, you would have? There was always something happening. But people like, not so much gun violence. You have fight and stab and man, beat up man because I dance with them girl and right. all them sort of <laughs> stuff, you know. And which but, still but, happens. Which maybe still happen, you know. Yeah. And so that is a whole set when you talk about the entertainment scene. So Kingston has always, as compared to country where I'm coming from, Kingston has always been the hotbed. And so when you look back all the times with the Bob Marley coming on the scene and the Jimmy Cliff, Prince Buster, Derek Morgan go all back, these were people releasing records, but you had the bands playing live music regularly mm-hmm. too. And so these same persons, especially even on a Sunday evening, you go to Carib, they have what you call a triple feature. So you have a Western movie, you have a half hour, three quarter hour band music on stage, right. where you have your Delroy Wilson and all of these people come on and Don Juman blowing past his time because he's a and <laughs> and so you had all of this sort of stuff. They should go back to that. That would be nice. Yes, so you had the, you had a Western the, movie, the live music, followed then, by another movie. Then maybe you have a no, you have double bill and so, or triple bill. So you have movie, says so a Western. They have so you just pay one money and you and you get money, everything. They get a half hour, three quarter hour concert mm-hmm. rather than a long intermission right they get a love movie and then later on maybe a karate right and so so you could leave you, when you want to you, leave you, or you could stay yeah you got the movie from maybe about three and you don't leave till nearly midnight <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole dose and if when premiere came about as the first theater uptown that had padded seat right and at 10 a.m matinee and when you got here you got tea 
until people start to stick chewing gum and all sorts of things on the seat. And, right, that is when we start to get stuck. It was not sustainable, you know. Right. Mm. So um, you would say that the the independence uh, didn't, did it affect living? And, and this, and this for me is not really so much a political conversation as much as it. I want to paint a transition as, as the whole things have changed. Yes. Um, I tend not to look at it in a political right way either. I tend to look at it like um, how people really change, and maybe regardless of how the politics went, it. I was mean, the politics. I'm sure affects it. But yes, it was going to be affected influences coming in even the way we speak you look on tv and you say pro this pro that um cheating anti-cheating a lot of that is american language right you know because there are a lot of people out in country jamaica and me growing up where a man have two three family and them don't see it as cheating because wife no girlfriend and girl, everybody know and right. girlfriend no wife and is a natural surrogate <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the sort of argument so, so they're debating so now about pain to be surrogate so a lot of what we're doing right now is <laughs> formalizing things that already existed that a long time existed ago. a long time were you one of those people from the country that had a fear of Kingston or you never had this town country fear a lot of country people afraid to come to town I didn't have that fear because it's such a long time ago but then I I started just merging, you know, because I didn't just come to live in Kingston. I came too near to Kingston. So I was in Spanish town boarding at school agriculture. I used to come to Kingston like weekend for different reasons. Until when I finished that, I came to work in Kingston. And when I started working up at Ministry of Agriculture, living right down beside Sabina Park, down in Alman Town, I used to walk especially the first month, all the way down behind Stadium Stanton Terrace, down on the road to my house in the evening. It's a long walk. It's a long walk, but coming from country, that is a normal walk. <laughs> <laughs> How many uh, miles do you think that would be? You can measure, you know, maybe about three or four. Right, not mm. too bad. Because what you do, you know, you don't follow the regular route. You walk some you know, side road what and so When I leave Upper Ministry of Agriculture, come across Mona, which was fairly new, and then come down on Monroe Road and just before you came out in front of police officers club mm -hmm. there was a Ford so I had to go down in the Ford and come up nobody knows now that there's a Ford because when you turn on that road if you're going the other way you turn right you go Beverly Hills mm -hmm. but all that didn't have a bridge it was a deep so you climb down it and come back down up. and if, it, if water is there you your shoes mm -hmm. your shoes got wet right. or it was difficult then when you turn left now when you get to Stanton Terrace you go down to the stadium yeah. you go out to wind drive past camp and go down on the road mm -hmm. I mean by country country mile that isn't wasn't that is far nothing, eh? until I start drive then it was then it was less <laughs> taxing by my old car and start drive. this is not so much about about um how the country changed but how would you say life in Jamaica changed for you when you were able to afford more, like buy a car versus riding a bicycle versus walking? Mm. Change a lot in terms of what you say now. In terms of what you can do, if, right? If what you can do. Mm -hmm. But having traveled the world and go a lot of places, I don't think anything is that wrong in how I grew up riding bicycle and all that. Mm -hmm. And put it another way, if looking back, 
many of our people in Jamaica, if we had good, decent bicycle lane and infrastructure, ride it, still be would, riding. would do better riding, remain healthier than taking a lot of car. But you can't take the risk for riding your these days, you know. Bit of, between robbery, getting hit down by a taxi or other drivers. Or, of a driver, or, yes. or otherwise. Or we just don't have proper lanes and these things. As you know, I have two bicycles here. One hung up in my garage and run on the outside. And I used to ride until recently. And I used to ride all my life. Of people from Westmoreland always, right? Yeah, Westmoreland is <laughs> a big ride in parish. Bicycle <laughs> and um, bike. Bicycle, bike. <laughs> and if you go down there now, you will, you will probably count 10 bikes will pass you in, mm. in 20 minutes. Yes. Um, all right, but now, all right, so you are 76 now. You're going to be 77 this year. So mm. you have seen Jamaica through many phases. What would you, how would you compare now to back then? I mean, now we have highways, quote-unquote highways. We have um cell phones we have data plans we have so many <laughs> things that were not in existence in your childhood it's like used to joke um certain things is not jamaican only so all the data plan on the cell phone right, that's right international, that's international right. you know but if we follow the development to do with the times we have really come far away because even things like education i mean the but, amount of the number of persons know that going to secondary and tertiary education. Right. When I was a little boy, education was being able to read and write. Right, you know? right, right, right. And um, me, for example, I never got to a formal high school. I did first, second, third Jamaica local, went to vocational school. And you know, I can do everything around the house. Right. Woodwork, everything. You can build picket fences, you can yes. fix vehicles. And from <laughs> vocational school, which I really didn't regret, I think everybody should. And what you did in vocational school? Woodwork, metalwork, um, integrated science, agriculture, both animal husbandry and agronomy mean plants, right. crops and so on. And then from there, I went on to school of agriculture. Then worked for about six years before I picked up myself and went to university. I mean, that was on my own steam. You started, now, um, well, medicine, you said, was somebody told you about a scholarship that was available? No, it wasn't that. Well, I was doing natural science because I wanted to do chemistry, because I wanted to get involved in plastics. Because that, by that, that time, plastics were things, new. Uh, things have changed. Plastic was new and we used to have tin everything in either tin or or cardboard or paper right. bag and so i thought that doing chemical engineering doing chemical engineering would be a good foundation for, for getting into plastics to get into a manufacturer of plastics mm -hmm. like how we had thermoplastics mm -hmm. and but while doing chemistry i also cut a long story short somebody was doing chemistry with me had some pink forms i asked him what the pink form was for so he's applying to do medicine and I used to get a bit a better mark than him, so I figured that I took a set of the forms from him, filled them out, and as I said, the rest is history. Right, you got mm. into medicine and then. And, and, <laughs> and even when after graduating, because I was older than the average student, um, I didn't plan to specialize. Still, I don't go in back and specialize. Right. So the, the, I just follow my path 
just like as each day come along, which is not maybe the best thing that you would tell a young person these days. But at the but same that's time, really what you need to do. at the same time, I believe our education system is really rotten in a sense, in that from you get into basic school or prep school, you are being taught to pass the next exam. Right. So you're being taught to pass GSAT, to pass CXC, to pass CCX, CAPE, no. mm-hmm. and then what surprised me when I went to university, I think that people were we're going to have a lot of their own opinion. So people come and teach and people sit down and write notes and the people who can reproduce the notes they are taught well. to be right. But when they come to do things, they can't, figure out, out they can't figure out anything. Applied so I think, I think, unfortunately, I don't know what to replace it with. Maybe we should do what, like what I saw in Finland, where children just go to school and play and enjoy themselves. <laughs> and then no, they'll figure out up to, life and, after. Up to a certain stage. Right, you know? right, mm. right. All right. So one day, actually, I want us to do an episode on how we parallel our lives because you did agriculture, moved to medicine. I did medicine and did music. And, mm. and it's funny how... A lot of people battle with what to choose and how to journey, but his life is free flow. But I, I, I am a, I'm a great believer, you know that, in that if you do what you love, you'll always be successful. You'll be happy too. <laughs> be, yeah, the key thing is that you're happy with what you do. All right, so let us come back to, I guess, um, Jamaica now and, um, and your perception of it. I have an interesting question to ask you. Would you say that... How does aging affect your appreciation of the changes that happen? And by that I mean, when you're younger, you have more energy and ability to do certain things. Mm. Maybe the same things would appeal to you, but as you're older, your you desire might be less because of the... Less energy and everything. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What is that like in the mind? <laughs> How does that play out? Yeah, in the mind... Um, it is strange, you know. The mind doesn't necessarily synchronize with the body. <laughs> in that you always believe that you're young until you try to run the stairs up. Right. And you find out that it is not as easy as it was before. Right. And so you might um, always concern about people who get indemented and get Alzheimer and all that. When you imagine everything just disappear out of your mind, you don't even know the closest people to you right. and the bottom line is that you're not suffering it is a caregiver notice it and suffering and they feel bad when and you can't call their name but exactly. you're just you're just living but you're just phasing out gradually, gradually. Mm-hmm. and so back to your question i am happy that i can still appreciate the changes and if you want to summarize that i think jamaica have come a long way in that we have kept abreast with all the modern development and uh, and because of that we have people who have great expectations mm-hmm. and so many places I've been to you know I've been to Africa South America everywhere and see so what people are satisfied with Jamaican people not used to that Jamaican people regardless always of, want more yes regardless of your your state Meaning, whether they are a very poor or, person, mm-hmm. or you are a person who can afford, or whether you are a very rich person, you still always want a certain level of things. And I don't have no problem with that. We want good education, good health service, good technology. Good technology. I always pride us as Jamaicans in being aware. I think aware. we have done well. I think, yeah. we, I think the country has mm-hmm. done well. I mm-hmm. pride us on awareness. I remember growing up and seeing your, seeing Azzy, your, mm-hmm. well, yes. your, your brother, non-blood yes. brother. Yes. 
listening to country country and western and i just remember growing up listening to kenny <laughs> rogers and nobody would think that in the land of reggae and yes that country and western was a big part a of, big deal. of yes. like childhood just like mm-hmm. i guess the rock and roll and the blues and the yes and, and i find that interesting oh, and not only that a jamaican um countryman and it was reggae and thing no, was his music. No, no. It was country and western. And that has pervaded throughout my life. I find mm. that I will hear something like Nirvana or some kind of yes. rock. And there's some Jamaican who is listening to it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very interesting. Is there anything that you'd want to see happen moving forward? I mean, I agree we've done well. How much where you want to see us going? Or, or, or you think we're on the right path? I would say that. I'm not too much of a pessimist, you know. I would say that what I am happy with in that a lot of young people are educating themselves. And educating, as I just said before, don't mean getting a lot of subjects and getting a lot of degree. You walk by the transport center, which I like to do one afternoon, and you see the amount of young ladies with books they going and do things at heart and all sorts of stuff. Right? You hardly see a lot of the guys. So I would like to see the guys them follow. When I went to university, you know, we didn't have like more than 3,000. Now you're like 30,000. And when you look at it, it's most about 70% women. Back in my day, it was nearly all guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now that women weren't there, because we have always had good um, equity between genders. However, it has changed significantly since then, especially things like even medicine. Yeah. In my class, we had less than 100 graduates. No, and it was mainly men, men and then. Like and now you have so many fe- more females, for no, sure. I mean, if it was 80 guys in the class, now it's about it's 80 other way around. women. Right. And you hardly have the guys. Now, maybe the guys I want to do, I remember going to China, and nearly all the doctors were female. Yeah. And I asked a consultant, and he said that the guy are better off driving taxis. <laughs> well, I'll add on to what you say. I think education is great, but mm-hmm. um, in my in my time here, it's been good to see. Out, there's some things that aren't so good, like the violence and maybe the decline of the dollar. But the flip side is, I remember the entry of the internet, how we've kept up with technology. The roads have improved and continue to improve overall. And um, just Jamaica as an entertainment maker and just kind of remaining on the pulse, you know, for such a small island yeah, yes. to kind of have such top class musicians, musicians and athletes within, within, poor, within yeah. poor structure. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like a lot of the, the areas that the people fall, that the talent falls in is poorly structured, yet they're still able to cross boundaries. Well, it's impressive. And that's always been the case. Yeah, that's what I was um, saying a little earlier. Yeah. That given what we have, we have done well. And we can still do better. We can do better. And yeah. having gone to many places, have you know, last count is over 40 countries, all continents, I think I'm in a good position to compare. I've been to India and I'm not impressed with what you see. Right. I've been to Africa, different countries, because you can't just go to Africa. It's 53 countries, but I've been a couple times. And of course, all countries all produce um, scholars and wonderful yes, and, yes. and brilliant people. But and, you know, you hardly can go anywhere and say you are from Jamaica and people don't know something about Jamaica. I remember Wayne and I were in Japan and Wayne asked a guy, 
where Jamaica was and it's in Africa. Yeah, it that was the only time I've had that. Happened to me in you Boston too. Somebody mm-hmm. asked me, is Jamaica in Africa? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, all right, to wrap up, I'm going to give you a, a little quiz. Um, my question for you is, given that you've traveled to maybe 40 countries, over 40 countries, um, and you're a Jamaican, I figure, what would be your top three or top five countries based on the ones you've traveled to in just terms of overall feel? New Zealand, Norway, Ireland. New Zealand, Norway, Ireland. Mm-hmm. Jamaica, make your eyes. This is travel too. Um, Jamaica mm-hmm. would be in your top five if it was just countries you love. I would think that because of things like behavior and violence, if it they wouldn't be in the top five at all. Why were those? But because this is home, right? <laughs> it is obviously <laughs> number one. Why are those but three in your top three, by the way? Because you said New Zealand first. What's about New Zealand? If you, if you go to New Zealand, you make grill to put around your gate and your property, you'd starve. <laughs> there is nothing Nobody's like that, co- yeah. right? Nobody's People coming are coming to in you. to break your house. People ride bicycle, go to work and ride home. And you have just about every, everywhere you can go. And you can just catch a camper and rent it and drive and plug in on a campsite. Safe and, and civilized, yeah? Safe and civilized. What about Norway? And so, Norway the same, except it is cool, right? So I've fortunately been in Norway in July. So, <laughs> I wouldn't know about... That's the summer, eh? That's them. the summer. Mm-hmm. And even at 12 midnight, it is still twilight. So, it's like... But, but the nice thing, the discipline and everything, right? And then what was the last you one can you said? Finland? Ireland, oh, no, it was no, Ireland. Ireland, Ireland, Ireland. Right. Not, 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 um, not in Ireland. The Republic of Ireland. Yeah. And the people, they remind us... Remind me of here. They kind of have a certain sense of humor, actually. See, they have drink, a energy. Drink a whole heap of Guinness. And have easy a whole about heap life. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> have a whole heap of music. Do a lot of river dance. Right. And, and, and enjoy life. And enjoy life. Yeah, really. And then when you leave from Dublin, you take the train to go on a tour out. If you're going to Cork and, and, and South. Yeah. Right. It is just pretty, beautiful, sheep, farm. All sorts of things. You stop at some place that is all poetry there. In Dublin, Guinness store is a big deal. As yeah. a part of Dublin, you drive around and you could get drunk of the smell of Guinness. Of barley. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and and they want to charge you an arm and like one thousand dollar a night to go into a Bono hotel. Well, I think that's a good way for YouTube. us to. I think that's a good way for us to wrap mm. because I think in identifying the things you like about those countries, mm. there those are probably the things that would make Jamaica perfect. But no, no country is perfect, you know. Yeah, if we could capture the discipline and the and the well, no, we have the spirit, but the discipline particularly and the the peaceful nature <laughs> yes, yes. of how of how they live. Um, so to that I'll say happy fifty-seven years of independence, Jamaica. It is. Um, we are pro Jamaicans here, and and you got a like a history lesson there from someone who has traversed from country to town, from pre-independence, pre-independence to post-independence. Mm-hmm. So definitely a good person. All right, Dad, thank you again for being on Talk Truth. You're welcome. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode of Talk Truth. Definitely one of my most favorite people to talk to, and as you all know, somebody I admire tremendously. He is 76 years old and he has an impeccable memory and attention to detail when it comes on to every single thing that has happened in his life. So I'm really glad that I am able to capture some of this in recording and, and that you are able to 
hear some of the journeys of a countryman come to town. All right, so right now what we're going to do is what you want to know, which is the response to the most exciting truth bomb question so far, which would be, have you ever had sex in a public place? And if so, where? And I'm going to run through these quick. They're all anonymous, but some of them almost kill me dead. Is the most responses I've ever gotten to a truth bomb question. Let's, let's kick it off. River banking. Wow. Um, abandoned building in halfway tree. Okay. Uh, yup, in a bus at a beach, and in the bus was at ATI on the bed while a friend slept, and that was Beach Juve. Wow, you're wild. Um, yes, in a pool and in a cow patch. Okay, in a library, mm. nerdy, freaky, a club, a park, a pool, and the beach. Yeah, y'all wilding. Um, oh, all the car parks that come to mind. In the car, in the car park, outside hangar. What you say to me? Uh, not as yet. Oh, that's good. Somebody's not having sex publicly. God bless your soul. Got all of y'all slackers. Um, against a car in the car park of a hotel. Hmm. Interesting. Sounds exciting. Um, yes, I've had sex in a public place. I've done it in a car park and in the bushes. <laughs> Mine get coach. Mine get ticks bite you. Um, you know those questions whose answers won't end well. It is. All right. So clearly, you know, you know I answer. Eh? That's fine. I understand. I wouldn't want to answer either. Lime Key, Port Royal Beach, Norman Manley International Airport parking lot and bathroom. And that lighthouse. Where you say over Port Royal and Norman Manley used to where these things. Uh Yui Chapel Gardens. Hmm. I figured a lot of things probably happened there. Um Megamart parking lot five years ago in broad daylight. Where you said me? Mona Dam. A bathroom near the undercroft at Yui. A bus stop on Mountain View Avenue late at night. In a car parked in front of my neighbor's house. Got a handy on a JUTC bus once, Lord God. The Queen's Park Savannah. Well, people outside of the island, thank you. Trinidad. Uh, yes, school, car. The hills are alive. <laughs> Red hills. Probably without a lookout point, I bet. Airport. The side of the road in Port Royal. Port Royal strikes again. Uh, here's another one. It says... Yes, it's a right of passage to have public sex. Um, in a car on Palisados, that's the only one I can share without follow-up. <laughs> wow. Let, I'm letting you know that I actually know the people who are sending these in, which makes it even more funny for me. But we will be protecting them on Talk Truth. I'm going to just say yes, and it's been three places. Nah, so weird. Uh, oh, dear. Too many places to name. On an open beach with a girlfriend, it was steamy. Mm. Wow, man, the other one's show we just we would just talk about sex, public sex. Cause we have only for response. We have guests for days. My high school play field post graduation. Wow. Ah, uh, you see, Miss read them. Don't judge me. The roof, a garden on a rock, must be a big rock, and an untinted car. Palisades strikes again. Let's see. Yes, sure I have. On an 
on an off-road heading to the airport. Oh, by the way, we were caught by the police. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, I have. There are too many. Bus terminal by a canal car on a beach. The poor car, them. Here comes just two more guys. On the beach at half moon and on a construction site under the full moon. Nice. I like that little moon play play. That's moon play. And never done it anywhere. Nothing wrong here. Virginity is not a bad thing. We're glad we have one virgin out of Alona Heaton. Yeah. All right. So that's it for Truth Bombs for this week. And um, we're going to take a one week break from Truth Bombs. I will return with it. And that's just because I'm going to. Yeah, we just need to we take a break. I'll explain it to you at another time. But um, you you just bear with me but for not having a truth bomb next week. And as usual, thank you for listening to Talk Truth. Talk Truth! Follow up on Twitter at Talk Truth J-A. And follow me on Instagram at Mario Evan. That's M-A-R-I-O-E-V-O-N. And you can go to the website, TalkTruthJA.com. Or go to MarioEvan.com and hit the podcast tab. Please subscribe to us on a podcasting app because that's really super cool to do anyway and like listen rate review subscribe to our podcast on whichever app you're listening to or and or go over to apple Podcasts and please leave a review over there they're very important we want more reviews all right apart from that you know me love in a long time me love you long time see you next week on talk truth on next sunday uh talk truth this is your boy, Mario Evan. Blessed love. Goodbye.